Welcome to another episode of the Bump Birth and Beyond podcast. My name is Nikki Shaklitz. And I'm Rach Wire. And we are the sisters and co-founders of Tiny Hearts Education. So you guys have absolutely been loving the birth stories with Dr. Joe, but we thought it might be beneficial to bring something else to you. So Rachel and I decided we'll bring some extra content, more focusing on that long side of parenting. We are joined today by a wonderful woman, Geordie, and her little girl, Evie, in the background there. <laughs> she had a really scary experience with her little one choking. So we asked if she would feel comfortable jumping on and having a chat with us to talk through exactly what happened and how it all played out. So just after we speak body, I'm going to jump on and share some tips and tricks on how to recognize and respond to a choking emergency. So Jordi, you sound like you've got your hands full a little bit there. Um, welcome to the podcast. It's such a pleasure to chat with you. Oh, she's so beautiful. Thank Hi, you, Mama. <laughs> and Jordi <laughs> now are joining us on our podcast. <laughs> Jordi, I'm Cannot wait to hear your story. Being a past student of mine, I think that's so rewarding to hear that you're actually able to use the skills. So before we jump into it, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your gorgeous daughter, Evie? I am a Melbourne-based mama with my little girl. We've got um, Henry as well, who's daddy, who's at work at the moment. I was an actress in a previous life, but am now... Yeah, Melbourne-based and I run my own business, She Does This, which is a female lifestyle and business website. Amazing. Tell us just quickly, you were an actress. What was like the biggest thing you did? I was on Neighbours for about three years. So that was ah. that was an amazing experience. Oh, Maybe wow. that's where I know your face yeah. from. <laughs> not Maybe, my but it, was, it was like 10 years ago, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I would have been in my absolute prime of love for that show. <laughs> oh, okay, maybe that's, maybe that's it then. We've got a girl over here. <laughs> awesome. Okay, let's get straight into it. So can you just talk us through exactly what happened with Evie? We want all the details, where you were, who was involved, how it all played out. Yeah, so we were pretty much sitting right here. Evie was in her high chair and she's teething at the moment. So we gave her a rusk. And Henry was sitting next to her. I was sitting on the other side of the kitchen bench and she was just loving life. And I was watching her and I actually got my phone out and was like, this is so cute. I'm going to film her to send to my mum. And as I was filming her, her eyes sort of glazed a little bit and she just made the tiniest little noise, which I probably wouldn't have even registered if I wasn't looking at her. I knew exactly what was happening in that moment and I just threw my phone down and yelled for Henry and he took one look at her as well and just ripped her out of her high chair and did that, you know, that manoeuvre, that whack on the back that you taught us in the course. Pretty much after one whack, a bit of rusk flew to the front of her mouth and I knew then that it was safe for me to put my fingers in her mouth and, and fish it out. It was really quick and it was, yeah, very scary, but I'm just so grateful that we knew what to do. Yeah, that's so amazing that you knew to jump into action. And I want to kind of focus on that point that you said how quiet it was. It's something that we talk about a lot. And obviously, Rachel, you can speak more about this, but it's something that we talk to parents about because often it is silent and you don't hear anything. Obviously, if something's blocking their airway completely, nothing's coming in, nothing's going out. That's what choking is. So a lot of the time when these things happen, you know, it might be because baby's left in the high chair and they're watching TV and mum's bringing in the groceries, you know what? 
what we like to do, multitask and, you know, do a million things. But that's such an important thing that we talk about in all of our sessions and we try to educate about because it is silent. So you can't do that. Absolutely. Mm. And I think the the thing that I'm interested in, Jody, is how quick did everything come back to you? Were you able just to initiate that, you know, that primary survey and jump into action really quickly from the course? Yeah. So after we finished the course with you, we actually both said that we would definitely want to do refreshers and and all that sort of stuff. And I have often wondered what I would be like in a crisis because it's, it is your worst nightmare whether I would remember things. And Henry had actually done a refresher course through a new job that he started the other week. So I feel like he was really confident as well. But the fact that I just knew immediately, yeah, (laughs) what was going on and was able to go into that just this is what we need to do mode, I was really proud of myself. Mm. It's amazing. You did such a great job. And obviously to identify it so quickly and to react so quickly, you know, within a couple of seconds, yeah. seconds count when it comes to our infants, especially if they've got a complete obstruction. Mm. It's something that we get a lot of questions about from, from parents choking. I think, you know, around that age where you're introducing solids and I think we're all anxious about it. Were you anxious about choking before she started solids or as she was starting solids? And how are you now yeah. after this? <laughs> I don't know if I'm better or worse now that we've had that experience. <laughs> She's a reflux baby. So she, from birth, has always sort of been coughing, spluttering, choking on her own vomit and all that sort of stuff. So it's always been a bit of a, a trigger point for me when she does start to cough and splutter. I think maybe sometimes I'm probably bashing her on the back a bit too much. She's like, mum, stop. but we are just so conscious especially after doing the course of how quickly it can happen how are you going with mealtimes now like are you a little bit more hypersensitive to the fact that she could choke because it's happened previously or are you like okay I've got this I'm confident within my skills so we're not doing rusks anymore (laughs) just because I feel like when I spoon feed her, I actually can see what's going in her mouth, what, you know, the consistency of it. Whereas when they've got that rusk in their mouth, there's that bit that you can't see and you can't see if it's on the pack. It always says, you know, discard when it starts to break. Well, you don't know when it's in their mouth. So they're off the menu now. And I mean, in terms of meal times and stuff, we're mixing a bit of baby led weaning in now, now that she's seven months old. And is quite confident with, <laughs> bless you, darling. Bless you. <laughs> with her food now, I don't know if it has made me more confident or not. I'm just, I'm so glad. If, if anything, that experience has just made me happier that we have those skills and that I know what to look for. And that if it happens again, that we've been there, we've done that, we know what to do. But yeah, no more rusks. <laughs> Good on to you guys. You know, I think that doing a course, like you've got to be quite proactive to think that far ahead, especially when you're pregnant. And a lot of the questions we get are about when should I do the course? And we always say you should do it before you have the the baby because once you have blood, there's so many other things that, that go on. You know, you're worrying about sleeping, teething, this, 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 and this. Whereas, you know, it is one of those things that anything could happen at any time and you hope it doesn't, but you just want to go in from day one knowing that you're, you're super prepared. But it takes a lot from you guys to obviously, you know, go through that course, but also to remember that information and obviously save your bub's life in an emergency. That's a huge, huge credit. So yeah, you're literally a star student yeah. and yeah, we're just so proud of you guys. Thanks for mm. your support 
support as well of Tiny Hearts. And thanks for chatting with us and sharing that experience today. It's obviously a bit of a sensitive topic. It's not something that, you know, you're completely comfortable with. It's it's really, really scary. Yeah. And we just think that information is going to help others kind of identify. And Rachel's going to jump on in a second and chat through some tips and tricks for other parents who are listening at the moment. Just before you go, Geordie, what is your one piece of advice that you give to fellow parents and mummers? Yeah, I think definitely do a first aid course. You just don't know whether you're going to be learning something that could potentially save your child's life. That would be my first bit of advice. But my second bit of advice is just go with your instincts. You know, you're going to get so much advice, whether you ask for it or if it's unsolicited advice, people are going to lay it on you with what they think you should be doing. But I think it's just really important to remember that you know your child best and just to go with your gut and what feels right for you because they're parenting a completely different child. So you just have to, yeah, trust your gut and trust that all those mothering instincts that people talk about are there. Absolutely. That's some great advice. I couldn't agree more with you. It's your own journey. It's your own experience. You've got to own it. You've got to trust your gut. You know that little person the best. So I think that's great advice. Thank you so much, Geordie. And it was beautiful to have little Evie join us, her first podcast (laughs) of seven months. Thank you so much. Stay safe. And we really enjoyed you sharing your experience. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you for helping us and educating us. Hey guys, Nikki here, co-founder at Tiny Hearts Education. At Tiny Hearts, our mission is to bring education to all Australian parents through first aid and birthing courses so you can move through pregnancy, childbirth and parenthood with confidence. To come along to one of our courses, head to tinyheartseducation.com and use the code PODCAST10 to get $10 off any course booking. That's all from me. Let's get back to Joe and today's story. Rachel, I've just had a chat with Geordie whose little girl Evie choked on a rusk and her husband was able to rip her out of her high chair and initiate the treatment for choking that you actually taught them in a Melbourne session, which is amazing. So I thought it would be great for you to jump on quickly and give us a little bit more information about preventing, recognising and responding to a choking situation with a little one. First of all, well done, proactive parents. I'm so glad that you came along to the course and learnt everything that you could about choking. Choking is actually the number one reason for triple zero to be called here in Australia and shortly after cancelled. And the reason is because people like yourselves and uh, those that do have a little bit of education are able to jump in and initiate that treatment nice and quickly. So we do have two different types of choking. We've got a partial obstruction and a complete obstruction. And how we tell the difference between the two is if the child has an effective cough. So if they can cough, the airway is partially obstructed, and if they can't cough, it's completely obstructed. Some common things that children choke on are raw fruits and vegetables, sausages and chunks of meat, nuts, seeds, popcorn kernels and even fruit pips, hard lollies, lollipops and chewing gum, marshmallows are a big one, and then small objects that you can find around the home, so coins, button batteries and even Lego and small toys. Uh, So it's really important that you're able to identify choking by assessing whether they can cough and then being able to treat it nice and quickly. So the treatment for partial obstruction is just to encourage the infant or child to keep coughing. Sit them upright and just provide that rest and reassurance and just get them to keep coughing. We don't want to intervene with any back blows or chest thrusts at this point because it can actually make it worse. If you were to give them a back blow while they still had an effective cough, that back blow could force them to take a big breath in and whatever is in that airway to start to 
now completely obstruct the airway. But if your child doesn't have an effective cough, they're unable to cough, breathe or communicate. It's often, well, it is silent and it can happen really quickly. We need to start with our primary survey of doctors A, B, C, D. Then we'll move into delivering five back blows. So we'll position the child on the edge of the seat and lean them forward or even on your lap and lean them forward. And for an infant, we'll lay them over your lap. And uh, this is encouraging gravity to work with us. With the palm of our hand in the centre of the back in between the shoulder blades, we'll deliver five back blows and check the airway each time in between every back blow. If that's unsuccessful, we'll then move on to chest thrusts. So uh, supporting the back of the neck and with your hand, the centre of the chest in between the nipple line, we'll start five chest thrusts and check the airway in between each time. If the child is still conscious, continue your back blows and chest thrusts until ambulance arrives. If they do go unconscious and they're not breathing normally, they have the immediate need for CPR. So just to clarify on that one, when you see your little one and they've taken a, a sip of their drink or they're chewing on something and they start to you know, cough and gag and stuff like that, you're saying don't touch them, leave them, encourage them to cough and just keep an, a watch over them. Absolutely. So if they're able to cough, it's classifying it as that partial obstruction. So just providing that reassurance, you're next to them just in case things move or change quickly and just encouraging them to cough. If uh, that means that you need to take them out of that high chair and sit them on your knee, hold their hand and, and just be with them so they feel safe and they can keep coughing. In that situation, obviously it's difficult to tell, but do, most of the time do they clear a partial obstruction by themselves? It's more often than not that children will clear a partial obstruction. And the reason is that I think it's just part of their natural mechanisms as children to be able to bring whatever is uh, triggering that gag reflex straight back up. I mean, sometimes we can just put the, the wrong plate of vegetables in front of them and they can vomit. <laughs> In regards to gagging, that's something that we get a lot of questions about. Can you talk us through the difference between gagging and choking and if you actually need to do anything for a child that's gagging? First of all, I want to start with letting you know that gagging is not choking. This is when your infant looks like they're dry reaching. This is a normal reaction. It's their brain actually telling them to um, push out whatever's in that airway so it doesn't become a choking incident. And this usually happens up until about six months of age. Thanks so much, Rach, for that insight. I think that will really be quite useful for our listeners. Not a problem at all. So that concludes our episode of Bump Birth and Beyond podcast today, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I think the key takeaway is to definitely scrub up on those choking skills, have a look at those prevention, how to recognize and respond to it. If you do need some more information, you can always head to our app where we have some videos of how to actually conduct those back blows that Rach and Geordie were talking about, as well as those chest thrusts so you can see the technique. To download our app, just head to www.tinyheartseducation com forward slash our app. Also, make sure you follow us along on Facebook and Instagram at Tiny Hearts Education. We're constantly providing updates and evidence-based information to keep you guys informed and make sure that you're tackling parenthood without fear. Also, don't forget that we have the um, fortnightly podcast with Dr. Joe where he shares beautiful birth experiences and chats to some amazing women and hears about all their stories. You can follow Dr. Joe Sabroy at his Instagram and Facebook as well. Have a nice day and everyone, please stay safe. See you guys. Bye. Bye.